Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 11 of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. I'll be back. <laughs> the, fir- the first guy, sorry, you got Terminator, James Conner. Ter- Con- okay. Anyway, James Conner, for me, is an extreme value at his current ADP. James Conner is currently being drafted 15th overall in terms of running back. I have him four above in my current rankings, which again, uh, we are pushing these rankings out soon. So make sure you're following my Twitter. I'm going to be posting the exact time those go live on the sportsethos.com website. But James Conner's current ADP is 15. I currently have him ranked just outside the top 10 and 11. However, I have a few guys ranked in my top 10. One of the guys that I spoke about uh, on my other episode was Christian McCaffrey. And another guy that I haven't spoke much about is Alvin Alvin Kamara. And another guy that I have yet to speak about is Dalvin Cook. Those three guys for me are very avoidable. And let me explain that for a second. Okay, Christian McCaffrey is a steal if you can get him late in the first round. But that injury risk is concerning. Alvin Kamara's suspension is concerning. Dalvin Cook's injury risk is concerning. So if you are concerned about those three things and those three players, James Conner should automatically bump up to your top seven, possibly top six running backs in the rankings, PPR. This is going to be a no-brainer, and if you know anything about the Arizona Cardinals and you know anything about fantasy football, James Conner needs to be on your radar. The Arizona Cardinals traded away Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is no longer on the Arizona Cardinals. So that means James Conner, just like he was last year when Edmonds was out, is a total workhorse. Let me break down his numbers for you from weeks 9 to 14. In weeks 9 to 14, in every single one of those games, so that's five weeks, he did not have a snap share less than 77%. So that means he was on the field for almost 80% of the offensive plays for the Arizona Cardinals last year in weeks 19 to 14. Not only was he on the field for almost 80% of the plays, he was getting the ball almost 22 times a game. That, my friends, is the recipe for a NFL workhorse slash NFL running back that could win you your fantasy league. 22 touches a game is a ton, especially in in today's NFL where you have 1A and 1B on a lot of teams. We don't see many workhorses. James Conner is going to be a workhorse this year. Not only was he on the field for 80% of the plays, 22 touches a game, he was tallying over 114 yards per game. That's total yards. That's receptions and rushes. In that time span, those five weeks, he ranked RB2 in the entire league in terms of fantasy, only behind Jonathan Taylor. So what that tells me is this. James Conner is certainly capable of carrying a three 
three-down workload. And when he gets a three-down workload, he can put up some serious fantasy numbers. Again, he ranks second in the league in fantasy points in weeks 19 to 15, ranking second only behind Jonathan Taylor. So that leaves me to my next point. Who could possibly challenge James Conner for carries on the Arizona Cardinals this year? And to be honest with you, I had no clue who the second running back was for the Arizona Cardinals. Do you? Think about it. Time is up. So far right now on the Arizona Cardinals depth chart, a man named Eno Benjamin is the running back two for the Arizona Cardinals. So what do I do? I go back and I look up some research on Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin was a draft pick at Arizona State. He was drafted in the seventh round from the, to the Arizona Cardinals just a few years back. Last year, Benjamin carried the ball 34 times. He rushed for 118 yards, and he did score a touchdown. But that equates to 3.5 yards per carry. Not terrible. Not great at all. I don't think that at all can challenge what James Conner can give you in a three-down back role for the Arizona Cardinals. So, again, I went back even more. Who is behind this Eno Benjamin kid? I found another kid, a rookie that they just drafted out of USC. And I remember his name is Ingram. And they drafted him in the sixth round. Yeah. James Conner is going to dominate with workload this year at Arizona. The question is, can he stay healthy? And if he can stay healthy, do not be surprised if he finishes in the top five in fantasy PPR rankings this year. There's going to be an absolute dip in his touchdown ranks, however. You know, he had 18 touchdowns last year. That's a, that's a, that's a heck of a lot of touchdowns. But if you think about it and you look at the type of goal line offense the Cardinals like to run, did you know they ranked eighth in terms of rush rate in the red zone in 2021? So that means they were the top eight in running the ball in the red zone in the NFL last year. Kingsbury wants to run the ball in the red zone. Now, a lot of that has to do whether or not Hopkins is in the lineup. As we know, Hopkins is a huge red zone target. But with that being said, James Conner is going to get the ball in the red zone, and he usually muscles his way in majority of the time. How many times have you seen him lower his shoulder, just cross the end zone, get up, and start flexing on dudes? James Conner's a beast. I love him in the red zone. I love him in fantasy football this year, especially when Hopkins is not out. That means that red zone rush rate is going to stay very high for the Cardinals. Hollywood Brown is not a goal line receiver. He's a big play receiver. He's not a goal line receiver. So look for the Cardinals to keep that rush rate in the red zone up, which means workhorse James Conner is a fantastic fantasy pick this year. This next running back got zero credit coming out of college. Had 0% chance of getting any playing time as a rookie last year. But proved everyone wrong. And not only did he become a starter for this team, 
he became a fantasy football stud and a waiver wire one pickup. His name is Elijah Mitchell, San Francisco 49ers. In 11 games last year, Mitchell rushed 277 times for 963 yards. That's 4.7 yards per carry and scored five times. Elijah Mitchell is an extreme talent out of the backfield. Of those 963 yards, Elijah Mitchell's rushing yards after contact was 765 yards. So when he got hit, he rushed for an additional 765 yards after initial contact. That is amazing. He's got a blend of power and speed. He's an extreme elusive runner. This allows Mitchell to be good in the type of offense that the 49ers run. And I'm going to break that down for you in a second. He ended up as running back 26 in PPR scoring and averaged around 14 points per game in PPR. And that's pretty, pretty, pretty good. However, again, he was just a rookie. Didn't get all the run. 11 games. Got banged up. But what is holding Mitchell back? Why are managers this year afraid to draft Mitchell? Well, it's this idea. It's this, this, this thing that we have as fantasy managers to look too deep into storylines. To look too deep into players that have been drafted high that haven't got a chance yet. And that's what's going on in San Francisco. San Francisco last year, the same draft they drafted Elijah Mitchell, drafted a, a, a first-round back with a 25th pick, Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon is very talented. Do not get me wrong. But he needs to be in the right offense. And the way that he ran in college is not the right way to run in terms of running for the San Francisco 49ers. Trey Sermon runs really high, meaning his pad shelf, his shoulder pads, his, his, his upper body is very straight. It's straight up. So what does that actually mean? Well, that, that, what that means is if you're high and you're running straight up, you're leaving yourself wide open for huge hits. You're a bigger target. But that also means because you're a bigger target and you're not going to lower your shoulder and try to barrel over somebody that often, you're going to be dancing a lot. Okay, you're going to be trying to go left, right, cut, 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 then try to make a move instead of putting your foot down once and planting, getting up field. What the San Francisco 49ers run on offense is called zone runs. There's outside zone team and they're an inside zone team. The inside zone is designed to hit inside the tackles. Okay. It's to create movement on the first level of the defense. So that means the defensive linemen are supposed to get movement. You're supposed to push them, push them around. To do that, the zone scheme on the offensive line uses a lot of double teams. So, you're creating first level movement on the inside zone plays. And you're getting in position to take on the second level defenders as an offensive line. What that means is you're going to double team and get up to the next level. Double team, look with your eyes, play with your hands, play with your feet, look with your eyes, get up to the second level, look for the linebackers, look for the safeties creeping up. So then you can scrape off the defensive lineman and get up to that second level and create a running lane for your running back. But this is where 
Elijah Mitchell excels. Hear me out for a second. What a running back needs to be able to do in a zone run offense. Okay? The aiming point is the play side hip of the center. So if you're running right, you're looking at the right hip. If you're running left, you're looking at the left hip. The running back must be patient and decisive. He must not make more than one cut behind the line of scrimmage. This is the absolute golden rule if you're running back in a zone read off or a zone blocking, a zone scheme offense. One cut, that's it, get upfield. You read first level defenders on the play side from inside out. So that means, okay, you're reading the center's hip all the way up. You're looking for the inside linebacker. Okay, if this inside linebacker flows way too far upside, what you're going to do is plant, boom, get upfield. Why? Because that linebacker bit way too far outside, leaving that open lane right up the middle, right up that the hips. Look for that gap right up the hips because that inside linebacker is no longer in that running lane. He's on another. He's on the outside running lane, opens up that middle of the field. But as a running back in a zone scheme off, uh, run offense, you have three running lanes, three options. You can dive, which is the one I just explained, right up the middle. You can bounce, which means you're going to bounce it more to the outside of the run side. So if it's you're getting the handoff and you're going to the right, you're going to bounce it all the way out to the right. Or if all else fails, what you really want to do in a zone offense, which is where you see the big plays happen, tell me if you've ever seen this, a running back take one cut to the run side and then bounce it all the way back around. Take that one cut, bounce, boom, because then all the defenders are flowing one way. So let's get an example here. You're running the ball to the right. You grab the handoff. Boom. You plant your right foot on the right side. You cut backside. Boom. You're gone. Because by that time, all the linebackers have vacated that left side because of what they're doing and what they're taught to do is read the guards. And if the guard's flowing to the right, they're going to flow with them. But the running back that's got good vision can see that. And if he knows if you're over committing to that, to that right side, and boom, he's going to take one cut and go. So that's what Elijah Mitchell does really well. He's got ability to read the first-level defender, so the defensive line, inside out, and he makes the correct read consistently. One step, boom, he gets off field. What Trey Sherman did not do, Sherman, excuse me, did not do in college was show that he has the ability to make one cut and get up field. That doesn't mean he's a bad running back. I am not saying that. I, I, I think he's extremely talented. I loved him. I think he's a very good runner. But what he doesn't do is take one cut and go. He's more of a dancer. And to run in the scheme that the 49ers run, you need to be a one-cut running back. And that's what Elijah Mitchell is. He's a one-cut running back. He's a great, he can, he's a really good with his eyes, meaning he reads first level, second level, and boom, just like that, and gets upfield. So that's why they like Elijah Mitchell in, in San Francisco. And I think that's why you need to stop worrying about Sherman so much and trust Elijah Mitchell, because Elijah Mitchell is going to get first crack. And if he can do what he did in those 11 games, where he averaged over 4.5 yards per carry, he's going to stay at the running back position for the San Francisco 49ers. But then you got to look at other positions. What else have they changed? Well, if Trey Lance is going to be the starter, that helps and hurts Mitchell's potential. Let me explain. Trey Lance likes to get outside the pocket. So Trey Lance may do some of the running himself. 
But what that does help Elijah Mitchell is now he can do the reads, the read option plays out of the backfield. So do I think his carry share might drop with Trey Lance? I do. But I also believe the running back, the, uh, the linebackers are going to have to take account for the running ability of Trey Lance, which means they may stay home a little bit more and keep their eyes on, the, on that quarterback, which then will open lanes for Elijah Mitchell in the running game. I like Elijah Mitchell this year. I'm not extremely, extremely high on Elijah Mitchell for the, the fact of Trey Sherman just, lack, just hanging around there because it's not to say that Trey Sherman hasn't figured out how to run in a zone scheme because he may have worked all of last year on it. He may have had a great summer working on it. He may have a great camp working on it. And if that's the case, he may eat into Elijah Mitchell's carries. But as of right now, where it stands, I've seen nothing to tell me that Trey Sherman is pushing Elijah Mitchell right now for the first crack at running back duty. So in ADP, Elijah Mitchell is currently ranked the 21st running back. I have him off the board four spots ahead of that at 17. So I like Elijah Mitchell a little bit higher than his ADP, and I certainly wouldn't mind taking a bite of that apple if he drops in my fantasy football draft. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal is only $5.99. I'll see you there. Kabesh, Kabesh. You guys Kabesh the last segment? You understand the last, last segment that I was talking about? I wish I had more of a, I wish I had a video going right now because I would draw it out for you guys doing it and explaining a, a, a zone run scheme offense is extremely difficult and i tried my best and i hope it made i hope it made sense but we are at sportsethos.com working on getting a youtube channel up and running and if that's the case i'm going to break down my likes for fantasy football every single week and i'm going to tell you why i like them because of a possible uh defensive scheme that i can see one of our fantasy players taking advantage of that week but hold on tight. Everything's in the works right now. We're working hard in the back end of everything in terms of our website getting running, rankings going up, articles going up, betting advice will be going up. Everything's going to be going up on the sportsethos.com website for football purposes. Just stay put. Now that I'm done giving you the X's and O's of why I like Elijah Mitchell, I did touch on another part of why I like Elijah Mitchell is that I don't think you need to worry about Trey Sherman, Sherman right now. Maybe after camp, when more word comes out on him, you worry about it. But right now, in this current moment, is what I do my rankings on. I'm not worried about him. And this next running back is another running back that people are not, I wouldn't say avoiding, but they are a little bit low on him because of the fear of him returning from injury, but also the fear of his backup running back. And this man is currently ranked at ADP 22, but I have him ranked at the 15th spot. So that's seven spots up from his current ADP. And this man is J.K. Dobbins for the Baltimore Ravens. 
coming off of an ACL injury, it's always scary. Um, it's a knee injury for a running back. It's it's always 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 scary. But J.K. Dobbins is a special special talent. In 2021, J.K. Dobbins rushed for you got it zero yards. He was hurt. But in 2020, as a rookie, did you know how many yards per carry J.K. Dobbins was averaging? Six point one yards. That's a that's wild. Six point. That means if you gave J.K. Dobbins the ball twice, averaging six yards, that's a first down every two carries. He was on every single expert's fantasy breakout list in 2021 before he went down with his ACL injury. If you follow fantasy football last year, I guarantee you a million percent that J.K. Dobbins was on your sleeper list. Not on your sleeper list, but on your draft, must draft list. Breakout candidate. I was even reading an article that was published before his injury, and it was from uh, the Baltimore Star, whatever the, the newspaper is in Baltimore, and the headline literally was the heart and soul of the Ravens offense, and it was J.K. Dobbins, not Lamar Jackson. They love they loved J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore heading into last season. So what actually happened from that point to now besides just the injury? Well, a lot of people started talking. And once somebody says something negative, it spirals and spirals and spirals and spirals. That's social media today. The fact that people are saying that there's no way a running back can be good in a Baltimore Ravens offense next to Lamar Jackson is lying. Not only are they lying, they're force-feeding horrendous information down your throats. So let's backtrack a little bit. I wanted to do a little bit of research, like I told you I do on everything. Let's see what the running backs did last year. With Lamar Jackson, without Lamar Jackson, both. Between Freeman and Murray, two running backs that are shells of themselves, kind of over-the-hill guys, equated for 15 RB3 performances. It is a 2021. Eight running back two performances. Four running back one performances. So, so that means when you add up all their performances throughout the season, 15 RB3 between the both, eight RB2 between the both, four RB1s between the both. And they actually had a higher chance of reaching RB2 and RB1 with Lamar Jackson on the field. He, played, he didn't play for six out of, those, out of those games, in which means if he's not playing, do you know what they're doing with the box? They're just going to stack the box. They were not scared of Hundley at all to throw the ball last year. So defenses said, okay, well, we're going to make you pass on man-to-man coverage, and we're just going to stuff the box. We are not scared of your pass at all. Now, of course, Teams do challenge Baltimore by stacking the box because they try to stop Lamar Jackson from running the ball. But Lamar Jackson usually eats that type of defense up. That's why Mark Andrews is so good over the middle. Linebackers step up. Lamar Jackson fakes the read option, pulls it back, bang, hits, hits Mark Andrews over the middle. So what does stack the box mean? Stack the box means that there are obviously 11 total defensive players on the field at one time. But when you have seven or more defenders inside the box, that means the running box, the running lanes between 
tight end to tackle or tackle tight end, tight end to tight end on two, you know, two tight end formations. If there's seven or more, that means they're stacking the box. The defense is focused on stopping the run. And when Lamar Jackson was not in the game, that's what defenses were trying to do, only do, because they were not worried about the pass at all. But again, guys like Freeman and Murray, who are, again, over-the-hill running backs, put up decent seasons. Now, there are also blaring issues with Dobbins, right? One being that he really doesn't catch the ball very often. He had 18 catches on only 25 attempts as a rookie. So I do think that his ceiling is a lot higher in non-PPR leagues. But there's also another issue. And this is the issue that I was talking about when I brought up the guy behind him. The guy that everyone seems to be wanting to to, to put a, a, a little asterisk next to J.K. Dobbins' name. The be careful running back. And this man is Edwards. Edwards posted at least 130 carries and 700 yards in three straight seasons. That's that's those are good numbers. 130 carries, 700 yards, three straight years, and Baltimore obviously trusts him. Gus Edwards, they obviously trust him. He's a bulldozer. He just runs straight, and that's exactly what they want him to do in this offense. But with that being said, Gus Edwards is 27 years old. But for some reason, no one is bringing up the fact that he is also coming off of an ACL tear of his own. Everyone's like, Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is going to take carries away from J.K. Gus. Now, that may certainly be the case. But as of right now, and if you're drafting right now in your redraft leagues, your draft this early, you're insane. <laughs> There's something wrong with you because you got you to see training camp. You got to give this, this more time to work itself out. If you're drafting right now, you might as well just close your eyes and press click on your mouse and just draft whoever it drafts. Just auto-draft it. It gets me. I'm, I'm starting to get heated because I don't understand the why. Why are you drafting this early? Because you have no brain? You, can't, you don't want to do research? Because this is the type of, of an issue that needs research. This is the type of backfield that you need to watch throughout training camp because both these guys are coming off of injury and Ed, Gus Edwards being older at 27 may heal a little bit slower. And Baltimore likes J.K. Dobbins, the heart and soul of Baltimore heading into last year. Come on. They're going to give J.K. Dobbins the ball. So with all that being said, with or without Gus Edwards getting a role, I think J.K. Dobbins, is it feasible to say J.K. Dobbins can get 13 to 14 carries a game next year with Gus, Gus Edwards taking a few here and there? I, I mean, is that a valid argument? 13, 14? Why not, right? All the Baltimore Ravens do is like to run the ball, right? So 13, 14 carries. So if he gets 13, 14 carries, he's certainly going to eclipse a 1,000-yard mark. He's got great burst and great top speed, which means he's going to break a few of these 13, 14 carries off for long ones. And I have a recommendation for you, okay? If you, if you don't believe J.K. Dobbins is going to, if if you don't trust J.K. Dobbins, I'm sorry, to be, you know, the starter in Baltimore and get the majority of the carries, what I suggest doing, but you want him, what I suggest doing is wait and trade for him. My guess, because again, we don't have training camp, and you are a psycho if you've already done your draft or doing your draft now, but my guess is 
They're going to ease J.K. Dobbins into a larger role as the season goes on. So what that means is he's going to get more carries as the year progresses. And what is going to end up happening is somebody is going to reach on J.K. Dobbins or they're going to draft J.K. Dobbins at the perfect draft spot and just get frustrated early because he's not putting up the numbers that they want him to or because Gus Edwards is taking some carries away from him and they're going to want to ship him. That's going to be the perfect time to attack and trade and rip off that manager for J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins is a specimen. J.K. Dobbins is a very talented runner. We need to watch training camp. We need to watch how his knee is. We need to look at Gus Edwards. Is Gus Edwards' knees healed? What are they doing in training camp? Who's running with the ones? How many carries per possession are they? It's a ton of things that we need to watch. So again, if you've done your draft, you're a psycho. If you're doing your draft soon, you're still a psycho. <laughs> so please keep your eye on the Baltimore Ravens backfield because if you hear word that J.K. Dobbins is looking good and J.K. Dobbins is getting majority of the carries, I highly suggest you jump on him. At ADP, again, I have him at ADP 15. So in your top 15, if you want Dobbins, I suggest you take him there. All right, all right, all right. That is going to put the bow on episode 11. I really hope you guys like this episode. And if you did like this episode, please tell me. Let me know if you like how I'm breaking down defenses and offensive schemes. I would love to move forward with this type of game plan, especially once we get our YouTube video up and rolling. I'll have the whiteboard going. We'll get all into it. We'll get sweating. We'll get yelling at each other. We'll get spitting. It's going to be fun, fun times. But again, if you like the way that I broke down this episode, let me know on the comments. Let me know on my Twitter at JP Sticko. And just let me know. Do you agree with some of my comments? I'm sure not all of you agree because some of these running backs, Elijah Mitchell and J.K. Dobbins, especially are two running backs that are getting a lot of slack from the fantasy community. But if you're going to win fantasy football, you need to get away from the consensus rankings. Consensus rankings are simply rankings that are done by individuals that are looking just at last year's number and nothing else. As always, it has been an absolute pleasure spending this midweek podcast with all of you. If you haven't already, again, download, 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 rate, 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 share, 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 follow me on Twitter, and we will continue forward on Friday. Have a great middle of your week. And again, I'll see you on Friday, either in the morning or in the afternoon. Until then, peace, love, and fantasy football. <laughs>